Much better. Ruchim Abayim Hashem Hashem. Birachnuchim Vesh Hashem. Welcome to a weekly, we mean weekly, then Wednesday night cheer. Although, I did start late. Started late, but I started this week. It's Wednesday. As you know, the Lanishmas, Nachm Yaki, but it's and Batsheva Shalom Batsheva Chana the Shalom Bas the Brother Lachaim Rebevarom what a Parsha what a time what a time to come in Parshas Tzav 96 Tzav is 96 and the Parsha is 96 words 96 Psukim, I'm sorry. And Shabbos Hagodl. And as we come up, we embark now on Erev Pesach. Everything is right around the corner. It's on our on our t- on the heels. Sorry. Pasha the second Pasha. In Chumash Vayikra, the parshas, as we said before, dealing with carbonos, with the sacrifices, we'd like to spend most of this year, hopefully tonight, discussing the Haggadah, discussing the El Seder. Pasuk tells us in this week's parsha about the dif- different carbonis that are discussed. If Pasuk begins, if you will bring the carbon taida amongst the many different carbonists that we discussed in this week's Pasha, we begin with a carbon taida, a carbon of thanks, which we mm-hmm. ultimately bring every morning by saying Maidaani. The Rashi tells us why does this person bringing the carbon taida? Im al He's coming to thank, to give recognition. The miracle that happened to him. And then Rashi goes to enumerate different miracles that could happen. Kigain, for example, a person traveled through the ocean. A person traveled through the desert. 
And it's someone who came out, who was in prison. And the sick person that got healed. These are these are reasons why we need to praise and to thank Hashem. Rashi, therefore, is explaining to us the different reasons why the carbon Taylor would be brought. Just one second, please, Rabbi Isai. Can you please put my glasses up on top of it? Yeah. Thank you. Rashi is not a book of halachis. Rashi does not teach us laws. And that's the case. Why is Rashi giving us the reasons for carbon Taylor? Where are you going with that? He just has to explain to us the actual psukim. Excellent. Send me a bill. Uh, up. The next one on the right. On the right. On the right side. The right side. Okay. So Rashi explains in the Psukim what the Psukim are talking about. But Rashi does not tell us any different halachas. Why is he going and not only telling us the halacha of why one brings a carbon taida to thank God, he goes even further and tells us, enumerates each these four different cases. It would have been enough to bring an example. Any one of them. And the rest of them, he could just write, etc. Why enumerate each one? Rashi usually would only say one, and say etc. Why does he now elaborate? Rashi has generally a question on the Pasuk. After learning about the Karbanis of Taida, which is known as the Shalmei Taida, it says, If he just made a donation to bring a sacrifice. And there Rashi explains, it was for no reason. No particular miracle happened. He didn't bring it to thank Hashem for any particular miracle. So the Rashi has a question here. Why in that case does the Pasuk first bring down the Shalmei Teida <coughs> in Pasha Shlomim Then it's brought <coughs> about the ones that are brought regular. The Pasik talks we always know in present. In present, that's something that a person promises. A carbon, excuse me, in present, a carbon taida 
person promises for something that happened to him, I will pay back, I will do. It's not hazel. Like someone who just says, I want to bring a carbon. <coughs> the famous story of the fellow on the bridge. That the bridge was swaying back and forth and he was going to fall off and he said, I will give this, I will give this, I will give this. And then finally he gets off the bridge alive and he says, ah, it's okay, I did it myself. <coughs> but actually in essence, says Rashi, the question that gets arisen here, why is it that the carbon of something that's not of the present, something that is thankful for a particular miracle, is brought before a carbon that has no miracle involved at all? In order to come to peace with this, in order to explain this, Rashi says, that the concept of Hedor on a miracle is not talking about a miracle that was out of the realm of, of, of nature. But all four different types that Rashi mentions. In that case, we understand already that by putting together all the sources this, uh, for this carbon, it's more important than the carbon that was just brought as a donation. Because we see all the different reasons why this carbon was actually brought. And we see how people had gone through, what they had gone through to get to bring this carbon. And therefore, this carbon is more valuable than the actual carbon that's brought just for a donation. But we have another little issue here. Rashi says, four people, four types of people that need to <coughs> need to be thankful to Hashem. By the first three he mentions the danger itself. But doesn't mention how they were saved. Says Yom. It doesn't say he got out of the water. Says he went into the ocean. He went into the desert. It doesn't say he got home. He was in prison. It doesn't say he got freed from prison. But when does he say it? The last one. Chayla, a sick person, that was healed. It doesn't just mention the fact that he was sick, but it also mentions the fact that he was healed. So why is it the first three, he doesn't say that they were actually saved from what they went through. He only mentions the trauma itself, going in the desert, going over the ocean, being in jail. But when it comes to the ill, to the sick one, he says that not only was he sick, he was also healed. The truth is, there's a simple explanation to this. In the first three cases, he went in the ocean. And they're asking him now to what? Come to the base of English and bring a carbon.
the uh, fellow that called up to the barber shop to show how smart his son-in-law was. And he said to him, "Go down to the barber shop and see if I'm there." So he's the uh, son-in-law fart. What did you do for your father-in-law? So he went down to the sea. And he meets somebody in the elevator and he says, my, my father-in-law is such a fool. He says, how is he a fool? He sends me to the barbershop to see if he's there. <laughs> he had a phone, he could have called up to find out. What do you have to send me for? If I'm telling you you have to bring a carbon, you're coming to bring a carbon because you went through the desert, you went through the ocean, you went and you were in prison... The only way you could bring that karma is if you're in the base of Mingdash. If you're in the base of Mingdash, you came out of your Sakana. You're no longer in the desert. You're no longer in the ocean. You're no longer in jail. You're in the base of Mingdash. However, when a person's not well, we might think that immediately when he starts to see improvement, he has to bring the karm teda. Says the teda, no. Ah, nothing like sneezing in the middle of talking about being, being healthy. Teda tells us no. Adrab, shenitzrape. He needs to be totally healed. Only once he's totally healed can he bring a karm. So Khilash and Israpi therefore Rashi is telling us a special addition that he needs to be totally healed before he could bring the karm. What is going on here? Oh I think someone got home. Anyway, sorry about this. Another very important possible in this week's Pasha is a commandment. A positive and a negative commandment within one pasuk. Hello. 
I guess you're back on. I uh, think... No, it's reading. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you got home and that's why you hung up. Okay, now they're all you disconnected. You're back here. All right, now. Another positive thing. It tells us, Eish Tomit Tukadala Mizbeach Leisichbe. A constant flame needs to burn on the base, on the Mizbeach, on the altar. And Leisichbe. You cannot extinguish it. A mitzvah say, a mitzvah lays say in one. <coughs> positive command and a negative. Positive saying, make sure the fire is burning, and negative, make sure it's not extinguished. This is a lesson, in a life lesson. Every creation is limited. Only HaKadosh Baruch Himself, the Almighty, is forever, is forever and everywhere. And He can have the concept of Nitzchis, of perpetual. Therefore, a person that works up to his full potential He still is in limits, is within boundaries, although he's working to his potential. And therefore, it does not have a perpetual existence. If one wants this pu'ula, his service, to be perpetual, he needs to take nurturing from the Almighty, from God Himself, who is perpetual. We see this same thing in the story of the setting up of the Mishkan. Every day of the Shivi Yemei of the seven days that they were anointing the Temple, no, it needed to stay lit. Not they lit the fire. It needed to make, they had to light, make sure it was lit and not to get extinguished. That was their job. Now, ultimately, it was not really a job. We'll find out now, as we're about to explain. In the time of the Miluyim, when they were fulfilling, they were just celebrating the week before the actual Akamas HaMishkan, there were Shivas Yimei HaMiluyim, where they were training, basically. Every day in that training... They put it up and they took it down. Because a person's work, Maisi the Odom, is not perpetual. Is that yours? Put in your pocket at least. Therefore, they put up the Mishkan, but they had to take it back down again. On the eighth day, where the Pesach says, Hashem, A fire, a flame went out from before God. Then, They set up the Mishkan and did not take it apart. Why? Because comes a perpetual existence. 
So now, although that the Eish of the Maila is Amshokha, is a, is a continu- continuity from the, our Creator, which we know, as we said before, only from God Himself is the concept of perpetuality. And a person cannot achieve that. Still, in all, even though that the Eish Yered has been a Shamayim, even though Eish Yered has been a Shamayim, what happened here was by the Mizbeach, a flame came down from heaven. And this flame lit on top of the Mizbeach. But the Yidden needed to put something there that they should put their hishtadlus of the lighting of this fire. You keep your score at home is the Gemara Yuma Chafala from the days. Where it says, the Eish came down, Eish Yeredes Amin HaShemayim, Mitzvah Lahavim in Ahedjit. It's a mitzvah for the simple people to bring something. That the fact that the fire came down, that the flame came down, is intertwined, is pending. <coughs> that the person works on his flame, his inner flame. And only then can a flame come down from heaven. Because this is what the Almighty, this is how the Almighty wants it. When a person toils, the takhlas of as we say, to do the utmost to the best at his capacity, only then can the Creator actually, with his great chesed, see to it that the Eish Mamaila comes down, the fire from above. And then, in turn, everything will become nitzchis and perpetuate. And that's what's hinted in the Pasuk, Eish Tamid Tukat. The Teva, the word Tamid, hints on two different extremes. From one extreme, Tamid is a nickname, as we say it, for something that means forever. On the other, it's only within boundaries, within things of boundaries, within the time frames that Shaykh, it's impossible to say about them that they will perpetually exist. But things that are not in the realm of time, they cannot fall, they cannot even be hinted as timidi, because they are not shaykh to the, within time, and that's why the pasuk is hinting. When the simple person who is limited in his service, and he comes to the tachlis to do the ultimate, the highest that he can possibly achieve, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees to it from Milmaila that the concept of perpetuality enters within him. And therefore you have the Dava Behefuchei where time becomes unlimited. Tamid. But where did we find that within a person? 
Each and every Jew is considered a Mishkan and a Migdash. <coughs> Pasuk said, clearly, Migdash vishokhanti b'soicham. Each and every Jew is a Migdash, and the Almighty says, I will dwell within them. And the Chazal tell us, what is within them? Within each and every Jew. The person, therefore, needs to take to heart. The person needs to take to heart. That the Mishkan should be a stomid, a perpetual flame. Everything he does should always be with with fervor, with fire. And this is the three different pillars that we talk about if you're keeping score at home in the first Perik of Mishnah Pirkeyavis, Mishnah Beis, which we will soon start to learn right after Pesach, between Pesach and Shavuos, and in Chabad we go even further than that. We go to Rosh Hashanah. What are the three pillars? Teda, Aveda, Gemilas Chasadim. What is Teda? A person should not be satisfied with learning something in the morning and something at night. If you keep me score at home, the Yemara Menachis, Tzadik Tesem and Beis, 99, side 2. Where it says that the person is Chayiv, Minadin, according to the Din, and more than a day, should he, God forbid, be separated from learning. Limitatera needs to be something that a person does all day long. And the same thing also, of course, we know. It cannot just be his convenience. It cannot just be Placid, the person needs to learn with chayes. Kolatz marno. Every single bone talks to your learning. And the Gemara, if you keep your score at home, eight of Nundalid, in the beginning of Amr Aleph, fifty-four, top of the first side, where the Gemara translates what's called meisetay marno, varucha bechol ramach evarim. Something that's within all 248 sinews. Hips. Organs. There's six, 365 sinews. That is therefore tailor how a person needs to be thoroughly through and through devoted and dedicated to learning of tailor. Aveda. The Aveda of Tvila has to be its author that it should be a standard thing to a person. It should not be a tefillah's kva, something that he's used to, an automatic pilot. This is a shakras, here comes a minuch, here comes a mairev. person needs to pay attention. Rachimim v'sachnunim v'fnei amokim. Again, as we bring in Pirkeyovitz, Perik Beis, Mishnah Yud Gimel. Person needs to do with life, with fervor, with flame. Person needs to daven. And again, the Eish Tamid, Tukad. And finally, Gemilas Chasadim, the mitzvah that's generalized. 
that Shaykh to stand the Gemilas Chasadim, person needs to do it with emotion. Not just in order to be, okay, I took care of business, I did what I had to. No. A person needs to do it with a chayas, something that he enjoys, that he's showing he enjoys, and as a hidr mitzvah. Take a focus now to the Haggadah. The Haggadah begins, we read the Simonim, Kaddish, Urchatz, Karpas, etc. Now in the beginning, after Kaddish, as we all know, is Urchatz. We then come to Karpas, Yachatz, Magid, and then we have Rochatza. Urchatz, to wash your hands. Rochza, to wash your hands. They both mean wash your hands. So we have to take it for granted, of course. Probably the Balagoda felt that it wouldn't look, it would it sound confusing if he says, says the same words. Urchatz or Rochza for both. So he uses different phrases. No, that's that's. That's the best way to go about things. Blame it on the Balagoda. Everything is written, especially the Agoda, with a purpose. Everything is written on purpose here. The difference in Urchatz and Rochza. Urchatz is a command. Urchatz, wash your hands. Rochza, passive. If you want, wash. No. Why the difference? Urchatz is talking about washing your hands before touching the karpas. We know there's a halacha. Dove she Something dipped in the liquids needs to have, you have to wash your hands before you eat it. If you're keeping score at home, obviously the place you're going to find it is Mesechtes Psachim, Kuf Tezvav, the bottom of Amr Aleph, which is in Perik Asiri, Arvi Psachim. And Shukhmara tells us the same thing also. That before eating a wet vegetable or fruit, one needs to wash their hands. Not just with soap. Wash like you're washing for, for bread. Why? Because the fruit became wet with one of the seven fluids, liquids. The simon for the liquids is Yad Shachat Dam. Yayin Dvash, Shemen, Cholov, Tal, Dam, Mayim. If one of these seven liquids fell on a fruit or vegetable, the vegetable and fruit have become now what's called Mukhshar, the Kabul Tumah. It's ready, it's prepared now to get, to become Tameh. If it comes in contact with something that's Tameh, it would become Tameh. 
sheretz, a bug falls on top of it, it becomes tummy. Your hands are tummy, because generally a person doesn't keep his hands clean all day long. Doesn't mean they're dirty, they're tummy. You scratch your head, you touch the back of your ear, you tie your shoes, whatever it might be. No. Before you eat an apple, either you dry it very well, or you, if you washed it, or you have to wash your hands before you eat, of course. So this tells us that this Natil Shidayim before Karpas is Chiyuv. It's obligation. The Ghanim wash their feet also probably based on the same concept as in the Beis in, uh, by Avram Avinu. To come into service and to come to step on the hallowed ground they needed to wash their feet as well. I'm not telling you out of out of. Uh, I'm saying it with conviction, but I'm not telling it to you out of uh, actual halacha. So therefore, since you must wash your hands before karpas, the Balagodah writes urchatz, and you must wash. Mashenki, when it comes to rachza. This is the simon for the Tzidayim for the Matzah. The din is really if a person washed their hands for Karpas and they had in mind to be Yitzah later for Matzah and they were very careful where their hands ended up not scratching their head or picking their nose Sounds disgusting, but that's a fact. That's one of the reasons it becomes tummy. If the person was careful, they do not have to wash again. If they have that in mind. But the chathchile, it's not the right thing to do. To begin with, it's not the best way to do it, but it could work. So therefore we find the alpidin there is a way to avoid this washing. If Alpidin, there is a way to avoid this washing, that means to tell us, that means to tell us, that the second washing, is not a word, Urchatz, a must happen, it's Rachza. Passively. You can if you want to. It becomes an issue. There are 15 semanim of the Seder. Kaddish Urchatz In order to make things easier, a person needs to do this. Kaddish and Urchatz. They make Kiddish and wash. But we see special intentions with these. They sound so natural. We always make Kiddush before a meal on Yom Tif and we always wash. But they have special connotations here. In these Simanim, there are many different Nusrois. Many different ways they are phrased. 
The simon, the simon that we have here, Kaddish, Urchas, Kapas, Yachas, Magid, Rachzah, Meitzim, Atzah, Marukerech, Shulchanerech, Tzof, Merech, Halanitzah. This is brought down in a Sefer called Priyetzchayim. Priyetzchayim is in the Siddur of the Harizal. Achai. Let us scrutinize a little bit the Nusach, the, way, the wording that's going on here. Fifteen words minus Nirza. Because Nirza we don't count. Shekhanarach is one word. Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Magid, Rachza, Moitzi, Matza, Morer, Kerech, Shekhanarach, Tzofen, Berach, Halel, Nirza. He does count to the fifteenth. Why is it not counted? It's not necessarily a simon in the Haggadah, but rather it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee from the Baal Haggadah that Nirza, we will sing praise, we will go out of goals. That everything will be well and it will work out. So the word Nirza doesn't really have any connotation to anything here. How will we say how? Nirza is the rest of the base, the rest of the Haggadah, the Echad Miyadeyas and the Chadgadja and everything else in Nirza. Prior to that, all the Simanim, Kadesh, we Kiddush HaMoyim, Uruchatz, wash your hands, Karpas, the Kavit, Yachat, you break the Matzah. Each thing has Irrelevance. Nirza doesn't have a relevance. Hallow, we started, we sang the praises. Hallow. The rest of the songs is Nirza. Where, what does that mean? How does that actually, how does that work for you? Get back to me on it. It doesn't have an actual pointer. So that's here why we need 15 words. 15 we know is Gematria Yud K. Shem's name. As explained in the books of Kabbalah, Sifri Kabbalah, Yud K is Chokhmah and Bina. So this number, therefore, Chokhmah and Bina come from where? They come from the mind. Just like the Maila. Above, there's a concept of Meichin, of mind. Same thing by the service of a person. It's the idiot of mind. So the number 15 teaches us the Aveda with Meichin. And from here we could learn a very important lesson the see service of God. Avedis Pesach, the whole Aveda here that we do Pesach, the whole Seder and everything that goes on, this is a Muna and Kabbalah sale. Belief and accepting the yoke of God. Matzah is called Michla de Menusa, the first night. 
bread of belief, of emunah. It's tasteless. Tasteless. It's flour and water. So therefore it refers to Avedis Adam that has no taste. And no Avana. Simply because this is what God told me to do. There's no fringe benefits, as we call it. Now, Muna and Kabbalah sale, they go hand in hand. But it's still in all, they're not connected to Mechel and Seichel. Mechel and Seichel are something that I can scrutinize and that I can understand, that I can grasp. Kabbalah Seil is not nothing to do with that. Kabbalah Seil is higher than time with us. When I accept the yoke of Hashem, because this is what I'm supposed to do, it's higher than the actual understanding of what we have to understand. If that's the case, and everything that we're doing here by Kabbalah Seil and the Muna, so in other words, we're telling you that it's going something higher than Meichen, higher than Tavadas. So why does the 15 have to represent Avedis HaSeichel Dafke? teaches us rather a very important lesson. One would think that since the Muna Kabbalah Seil are something that are higher than higher than Tamadas, he doesn't have to devote his mind to that. He doesn't have to connect the Muna Kabbalah Seil because it's just not happening. It's not going to be understood to him. So therefore the lesson comes to us to just the opposite. The main stay service that we have to do to God, for God are even in things that are impossible to understand. Kabbalah sale. This is what I was told to do. you got to do it. You don't have to understand Even things that you do understand, you think you understand, because you have to understand it with your seichel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the wonderful world of WhatsApp, someone said he showed a picture of a a non-Jew, and there's someone obviously was telling him how smart the Jews are. And he said, explain to me again. <clears throat> One time a year they spend $300 on a lemon. Another time a year they pay $30 for a pound of crackers. <laughs> Tell me again how smart they are. Yeah. He says, Lechemeni. It's called Matzah, it's called Lechemeni. He says, they just wiped them out.
So even things that a person does understand. The only way a person can actually grasp what he's doing to accept them, the Aveda, the Maile Metamidas, understanding what's not, what could not have been, he grasps in his mind how he can derive something from something. This is a Hezor, the lesson from the Simonim of the Seder. Even though the Avedis Leilas Pesach is Kabbalah Seil and Amunah Shalomayim Arasechel, still in all this thing has to be done, has to be felt through Hasaga of Tesfah of the 15. Avedis Hamechim. The person should understand with his Seichel and his Mayach, he has to believe and have Kabbalah Seil. The Mayim Metamidas. Person has to understand how he's going to serve God without understanding. That's the kunz. That although <coughs> the human being, its nature is that I need to understand and grasp what I'm doing. Zakhmudir no. You need to understand that you're going to serve God even without understanding. And still understand that you're doing it right. First thing that is said, Helachmanya the Khala of a son about the Mitzrayim. Kerdichvin Yesiv Yechel, whoever wants come and eat. Kerditzrach Yesiv Zivsach, come join the Pesach. We say, Shatahok here now, we are here, the Shanabab out of the Israel. Shatahabdin, the now slaves. Shalabab Necher, next year will be free. What do they want now? They're here to collect the pledge. So give them a check. Where's the checkbook? Check over here. Do you have a highway? How much is the pledge asking? Huh? I think it was $116. $116? Is that what he said? Okay. For this, we have to stop because it's important to keep a promise. Pledge. See what you're writing out there? So we say, Dachala Avasana Be'ara de Mitzrayim. In the land of Mitzrayim. We know the famous Shakla Vitaria. On the words of the Haggadah, the Achala of the Son of the Mitzrayim, that they ate in Mitzrayim. Which matzah is he talking about here? The Pashtas, they ate matzahs when they left Mitzrayim. They didn't eat matzahs in Mitzrayim. That was the whole reason we're eating the matzah. Matzah shara'ichun ha'shomor. 
We're driven out of time, and the matzah does not have a right time to rise. And that's why we eat the matzah. So what is the son of the Mitzrayim? Mephoshim answer. Davadrom answers in the name of the Ravo. This goes on the time of the Shibud when they were eating the Meso, eating matzah. That they, this is what they served to the slaves. And many, many different reasons that were brought down over there. But still, the question is asked. We don't find any proof of the Psukim that the Bnei Yisrael actually ate matzah in Egypt in the time of their service, in the time of their servitude. Most Mephoshim answer this talks about the matzah that the Bnei Yisrael were commanded through Moshe to eat on the 15th of Nisan, together with the Karim Pesach, when they were still in Mitzrayim before they left. And we explain these two explanations in the service again, the service to God. First, we need to find the, the difference, scrutinize the difference between the two parties. Why wouldn't you take it? According to the first explanation, that matzah was eaten, and we say the time of Mitzrayim, Holach Ma'anya, is talking about the time when they were slaves, when they still were under the oppression of Yag of Parai. Whereas the second one says, it talks about when they were already out, and they were no longer slaves. Botla Avedim Avesenim Mitzrayim. If you're keeping score at home, this is in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Yud Aleph of Aleph, right on the top. Even though they knew that immediately they're going out of Mitzrayim, but to the commandment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they did not go out. Not because they were scared of Pari, they didn't leave. But because they still did not reach the time when they had to actually leave. <clears throat> when that came, when the time came for them to leave, even the wink of an eye wasn't, was too long to wait. However, the truth is, also the time of Shibud, that they saw were not under the Pari and the truth. Pari had no shlita over the Jews. Not at least from his own power. The fact that the Yidin were under his rule, because this is what Hashem wanted. This was not Pari's decree, decision, that he wanted it this way, and therefore it was like this. And the second that it came, the Kets, and the Avishtha no longer wanted them as slaves in Egypt, they left. 
And this is the main explanation. The Bnei Yisrael ate the matzah in the time when they were not under Shibud Parai. They were not ruled by Parai. But rather they were revealed that their entire existence in Mitzrayim was to do the, the work of Hashem. And this explanation teaches us how a person needs to look on the time that now that we were under the Shibud Mitzrayim, like the first explanation, that even then, Pari didn't really rule over us. We were not in His, his control. Only God Himself created and controlled us. And now we can understand in that case, Avedis Hashem B'nai in Golis. What our service is here in the exile. Even though we find ourselves in the concept of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim making reference to boundaries. We're in Golis. The Jew says, that although we are found now and out of the Mitzrayim, and we're under the rule of the exile, I can still walk out from Egypt, from Mitzrayim. Because the boundaries that are keeping us in within here for our service of God, For this exile that we're within, the Pari and the Mitzrayim have no rule over us, really. It's all the hand of God. And therefore, through this, that we rise up of a Golis, through we say this possible, this paragraph, we have the potential, we have the, the capability to continue and to finish and to say out of the Israel that we will totally annihilate, totally eradicate the concept of Golos, and we will merit to the Gula Amitis Vashlema. Now we say Hilachmanya, then we do Yachatz. Why do we say this Hilachmanya? Which the main thing is about inviting people, and afterwards we start Magid. Before, right before Kiddush, or before you leave Shul, you should say the Hilachmanya. Derech Hamusa, you can understand this. Just like by Yitzhak Mitzrayim, general, the same thing is also by the Jews, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, his own Mitzrayim. Which means that the person needs to conquer and to go out of his own nature what he's usually used to. And this Akhraz is called Dichvin Kel Dichvin No difference if he recognizes, he doesn't recognize, even if it's someone he doesn't like, he invites him to come to the table to fulfill what he needs, what he's lacking. This Yetzirah from all the boundaries of Teva, of Teva Adam, this is a gather of Yetzirah Mamish in order to be able to cause that by him, Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim is such a revelation, he has, a, he has to first go to the Zeich Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim Mamish, to bring him to the concept of Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim of the persons himself, 
his own nefesh. And the nail, the nail say that we start off with Kaddish. Although we already made Kiddush, we're already sanctified. We need to remember it is inside, which is the cup of Kiddush, which is one of the four cups of Geula. And still we are in the Yitzias Mitzrayim Begili. Because at the end, every Shabbos, every Yom Tov, we make Kaddish on, Shabbos, on, the Bech, on the cup of wine. And we don't see so much the Zechel Tzias Mitzrayim. But when it comes to Karpas, is dipped in. And we eat the little Seder. There's a change now between all the other Shabbosim, Yom Tevim. But still, it's not recognizable so much that it's connected to Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. When we do Yachat, we break the Matzah. Ah, we take the larger part, put it away for the Afrikaiman. Afrikaiman, we know, is Zechel Karim Pesach. That we ate in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. And when the Beis was standing. And therefore the person has a memory, open memory, to remember Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. And take it from Miyad. After this, a person can start with Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, a protus, and say, Kerdich And after the person is pale, by himself the Indian Gula Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, then he brings about the Gula Klolis of Kobana Yisrael, and when Mamshech HaShat HaRocha, Shona Habob Be'aradi Yisrael, Omein Ken Yehirotzein, may this Pesach be a kosher Pesach for Klal Yisrael, and nothing is more kosher than we'll have in the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, as we neichel sham, menazvochim, menapsochim, together with Mashiach Tzidkenu, in Yerushalayim, as we go for this Shabbos HaGodol, the Shabbos that was Godel in the fact that the Yidin outgrew their inhibitions and turned around and said, I don't care what the Mitzrayim are going to tell me, I'm going to bring my Karim Pesach and I'm going to prepare my Karim Pesach. And this is the, with this quote-unquote audacity, the Jews merited to go out of Mitzrayim and with that same audacity we will go out of our Golos. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Kasheva Sameach to all. Talk to you, Robert. I gotta talk to you about selling your chametz. Adam. Amen, Amen. Oh, there you are, okay. <laughs> What's happening with the world? Wait a minute, I didn't turn off the recording.